Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks, affectionados, or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boost's health guide at VitaliBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements all of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitaliboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my island. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag Loaded Show tonight. I didn't think I'd have this many questions and voicemails considering that this week is Christmas. So thank you everybody for your contributions during this very busy week and I hope that you get some time off from your your place of employment and you're able to spend it with family and friends. So all right, let's just jump right in. No shameless plugs. You guys know where to get me ad free. Now, we're going to start with somebody who is who has not started out the show in at least like three weeks. I'm going to start with Randy. Randy the patron, which by the way, guys, as I just said, I'm not going to plug. You get this priority placement if you are on Patreon. You get to be put right at the beginning of the show. 
So Randy, the patron, writes us and says, first, the Miz and Edge angle is done over and over again. Now that she slapped Edge, Beth will come. Remind you of something? Cena and Nikki with Miz and Maurice. I mean, I'm happy that the payoff was Maurice and Beth wrestling, but I want Edge and Miz first. Who do you think is winning that match? I feel Miz will cheat his way into victory. So, that is a nice analogy. That's a very accurate analogy of Nikki and Cena, who had a program with Miz and Maurice a number of years ago. You're exactly right. And if the payoff is Maurice and Beth, then, you know, I I don't think that's the the biggest payoff that they can create out of this. I think the biggest payoff is a tag team match with uh, both of them involved, right? I mean, it's couple versus couple. To me, that is the biggest payoff, and I think you will see that eventually happen. Now, what does that mean? I think it could mean that you're you're also exactly right, Randy, where we have Miz cheat to, to beat Edge at the pay-per-view, where many people believe that Edge is going to just dismantle Miz. Now, what this does, though, it creates a domino effect because if this program is more than just day one and it goes into uh, Royal Rumble, that would assumingly mean that the Miz and Edge are not in the Royal Rumble because if you, as the rules tend to go, not all the time, but tend to go, when you have a match on the pay-per-view, you normally aren't actually involved in the Royal Rumble match itself. Now, we've seen things happen to the contrary. I think even Roman Reigns at one point was involved in the Rumble, and he uh, was also in a championship match that night, among other people. So it's not impossible, but that's normally, normally the case. So you're, you may be taking out Edge and Miz from the Rumble if you're going to continue this through that time. That, that's why I'm saying this. If this is an Edge victory, like if Edge just spears Miz into oblivion a couple of times and he gets a clean victory, this thing's over. If he doesn't, and Maurice somehow costs Edge the match, Beth will get involved, and you you might see a tag match, or Beth could be at ringside or show up to even the odds and allow Edge to get the victory at day one. I mean, so we may not even get the tag team match. This is this the finish of this one is very interesting to me because of the time of year with WrestleMania right around the corner. Rumble's a huge pay per view, obviously, and do you want this program going more than one just one pay per view? You know, you, it is very interesting. Okay, move on. Uh, next, apparently, they have big plans for Omos or Omos and AJ with the Rumble and WrestleMania. I'm calling it Omos or AJ win the Rumble. But going to NXT, I'm kind of excited because Grayson Waller can have a hell of a heel already beating up Johnny and all. But you think they were going to uh, make AJ take a loss? Yeah, look, I don't know enough about NXT to make an educated opinion on that. I'd have to toss it to Zach Smith on that one. You know, that said, I, I believe that AJ Styles is there to not just job, but help elevate the talent, make them look better than they are right now. And also to pass his knowledge on to the, the younger talent, elevate them, show them in the ring, ha- have the talent that are in NXT work with one of the best performers in the world in AJ Styles. There's nothing bad that can come out of AJ Styles going to NXT, at least from the perspective of NXT. Now, if you want AJ Styles to be immediately interjected into a a world title match, well, you may be waiting a little while as this looks like a temporary stop for AJ. So um, I I really that's my answer. (laughs) Um, Next, 
if I'm not fooled, Paul and Roman are screwing Brock, I feel. Where where Brock will take a loss, but in with a Paul Heyman mistake or something. Yeah, like this is also very interesting because you have a scenario that you would think after last week with what Roman did to Paul Heyman that it would lend itself to an immediate reunion of Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. That's what logic would tell you. And that still may be the case, but it may not. Maybe this is an entire ploy, an entire plot hatched by Roman and Paul Heyman to lure Brock into a sense of security that he's working with Brock behind the scenes but he's really not. That's a very good observation, Randy. It could be the case where Paul and Roman, even though he took a punch, they are still working together. And this whole thing has been a just a complete uh, master plan from the beginning. And then you have Brock Lesnar go on a complete rampage. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. You, you may be 100% right, Randy. That's that's true. Yes. Last and finally, where is my damn Alexa Bliss? I have a feeling Rumble, she's coming back or sooner. Maybe screw Charlotte and Tony, but not for the title. Uh, that's it for this week. Been working 55 hours the past two weeks. You have been getting me through with your shows on my way to work. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Randy. I hope all is well in your end and uh, you have some time off with family and friends uh, this coming weekend. And... Um, yeah, I don't know where Alexa Bliss is. I keep scouring and or I guess stalking is a better, more accurate uh, description of what I'm doing with Alexa Bliss's social media profiles just to see if she's dropping any hints, to see if she's saying anything, doing anything, you know, and, and occasionally she'll drop like a little nugget here and there, but it never amounts to anything. She doesn't show up on TV. I believe kind of what you do, that it's 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 going to happen and probably at day one, it's screwing somebody over or at Rumble. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Yes, to, to both of those are very plausible. It's just a matter of who does she have beef with? You know, and if you remember, Charlotte is the one that tore up Lily a number of months ago. I think it was like late in the summer. It feels like forever ago. So I think you're right. Should we could have Alexa Bliss screw Charlotte where Tony Storm ends up, I mean, you could have her win, but I'd actually have Tony Storm just, uh, you know, or maybe have a, a, have Charlotte win so she retains the championship, but you have Alexa Bliss then make her return and destroy Charlotte for what she did to Lily. So that's my thought. Good thoughts, Randy. Always intriguing and hope all is well and get through that working, get through that working day, man. I know it's not easy. It's it's not. We're all we're all insanely just distracted by life, aren't we? All right, let's get to. Let's see who do I want to go to next. Let's get to Mike from uh, Mike Twenty Men. I, th- I hope that's right. From uh, Fortnightly Mailbag. Yes. Um, what a week! But the big question everybody wants an answer to is: Will Brock and Paul Heyman come down to the ring in a tractor? <laughs> uh, I'm glad uh, Heyman is now away from Roman. We might get the old Heyman back. Okay, uh, before I move on, yeah, that that is the million dollar question, isn't it? Are they going to come down to the ring in the tractor? Hell, let's just add some hay. Let let's make the ring into like a makeshift barn, you know, uh, where Brock can uh, feel right at home. Put some straw in his mouth, maybe a cowboy hat on. Um, you know, whatever they do in Saskatchewan, 
maybe I'm getting too southern. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm probably not accurately describing the culture of Saskatchewan, but forgive me, I've never been there. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is a million dollar question, buddy. RK Broniment, what happened to that? Have they forgotten about it or RK Bro versus Alpha Academy better for day one? Yep. Yes. And I didn't even catch that on Raw, that it wasn't a part of the show um, until afterwards. And I'm glad you brought it up. I just didn't bring it up on my show for review last night. Yeah, I think they just realized, oh, yeah, we should stop giving away this free stuff on you know TV and save something for the pay-per-view. Yeah, that that's a uh, revolutionary concept, huh? I think that's exactly what they've done is waiting and they're waiting until uh, day one. Austin Theory came out to a load of boos. The crowd didn't seem to be booing, rather uh, just giving the thumbs down. Either way, great match. He's going to be a brilliant heel. Glad Finn got the win. Yeah, I did notice the reaction for Austin Theory, too. It was just it was complete disapproval for Austin Theory. Maybe it was disapproval for the entire storyline. You know, maybe you're you're onto something where it wasn't a complimentary boo. It, <clears throat> excuse me. It was rather a <clears throat> we we hate this storyline boo. And <clears throat> it could be right. You know, it, it was a thumbs down. But yeah, I, I agree. Austin Theory still has some. You know, he, he you talk about a young a young guy that had with all the potential in the world. Austin Theory is one of them, and I understand why Vince is maybe taking a liking to him. Because he does have a look, he's young, he's athletic, he's he's got everything, he's got the 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 presence on camera. I mean, he really is just he's got all the fundamentals. It's just a matter of building on it and executing the right story and character depth that needs to accompany all of this. And um, yeah, I'm with you on that though, Austin Theory. I don't hate it when I see him. I just don't like what he's involved with right now with Vince. Because Vince right now is detracting from this storyline by also making Austin's theory subservient to him. I mean, Austin Theory is kind of this cocky, arrogant dude. And then he cowers in fear when he sees Vince McMahon. What happened to this anything could happen attitude for pro wrestling shows? What happened to, you know, standing up to the authority? I understand he's supposed to be the teacher's pet. He's a heel. He's not going to go against Vince. But letting him slap you and just, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever you want, sir. Uh, you know, there's all this complete subservience to him it's a little bit too much for me even even though he's a heel uh, I don't know it's, it's not my thing and plus you hear you can't even understand what Vince is saying it's like every fifth word you might kind of get a syllable or, or two but the dude has to open his mouth I said this yesterday and enunciate his words and stop talking it's just a bunch of grumbling okay Imagine what it's like to listen to Vince McMahon with a mask on. I mean, with all the masks around today, at least in New York, where it's still a thing. I know depending on where you are in the country, it may or may not be still implemented. But you know, if you are in a place where masks are still a thing, then um, you know, imagine Vince McMahon in a mask. You, you might as well just uh, completely guess as to what he's t- uh, telling you or asking you. Just completely pick something out of the blue. And, and, and answer it because it, you have a better chance of getting what he's saying than trying to actually listen. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. Um, but yes, I, I'm glad that Finn got the win as well, as well. I'm surprised he did. Of course, Austin Theory got his heat back immediately attacking Finn and then taking the selfie, which is good because I want to see him get his ass kicked again. But Finn getting the victory here felt like a big deal. That's how far Finn has fallen when a victory over Austin Theory feels like a character direction change, doesn't it? It's amazing. Or a character boost. 
Omos or Omos. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. The problem is it's phonetically, I guess, Omos, I think, but it's spelled Omos, like almost. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Omos and The Miz. Wasn't expecting that. Glad they have a split. Let AJ Styles have a singles run and palm Omos off on The Miz. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I gave a little bit of my thoughts on what I think this means for both competitors after they have their program match or two or three, and they both move on to, to their own separate directions of their stories. I do wonder what, you know, they're going to do. And my, my general summation from last night was that I think they're both going to be in the world title picture, maybe not at the same time because you can't have them constantly fighting one another. I mean, they're doing a personal thing now. You can't have them then fighting over championships forever. <clears throat> so I think they're both going to parallel each other. Maybe where Omos is in a title picture at one point, then AJ pops in. Now, does it mean either one's going to win the championship? I don't think immediately. I don't think Omos is ready. I think AJ is, I mean, AJ's ready at any point in this, in this, in his career right now. AJ is just consistently ready. He's always ready. But Omos has some more work to do in ring, I think, and on the mic. He's got that presence down. He's got his facials down, his body language. But Omos needs to be a little bit more limber in the ring. I'm not asking him to do a 450 splash, but just maybe look a little less stiff. Uh, you know, and, and look, the guy is a massive human being. You can only expect so much with the the physics of that body. But it's I, I think whatever he can do to maximize his his flexibility and his move set safely. And, and expand his moveset variety-wise, I think it's going to help him. Of course, on the mic, too. There, there's, you know, That's one thing that no matter how big or tall or strong you are or whatever limitations you have physically, the mic work can always be improved. That's always. I mean, that, that goes across the board because you aren't limited by your physical size or lack thereof. So that, I think, is one thing he could also work on. And also, you know, his... He, he his enunciation of words too sometimes are a little bit hard to understand. I don't know if it's because he has an accent or he's just speaking too close to the mic or speaks too quickly, but he needs to slow down what he's saying and making sure that we can understand. Cause I had to really kind of fish for what he was saying to AJ Styles while he was laying on the mat after he had taken him out this week. Okay. Way into way more than I thought to answer that moving on. I've never been to a TV show but when they cut to commercials and let's say the Viking Raiders are beating their chest, waiting for the next team to come to the ring, what happens during commercials um, as they now have promos after the commercials and it cuts back to the Viking Raiders still beating their chests? That break was nearly 15 minutes. Surely they don't stand there for that long. No. So unless they have changed things, um, and, and I haven't been to a WWE event in a couple of years, really since Raw 25 in Brooklyn, uh, best moment that I've had in wrestling in a while, seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin for the first time in like a decade or more in my, at least for me coming out and stunning Shane and Vince and have it on my phone. It's just uh it's one of those moments that always makes, makes you feel good as a fan. But since that time, I haven't been to a, a show. Now what they do is they just stop the entrance music and they just kind of, they will run promos in house. They won't obviously do commercials that you see on TV, They'll do like, you know, promotions for, I don't know, Truly for the Troops or, uh, uh, you know, Be a Star campaign or uh, Susan G. Komen or, you know, a, a promo for a documentary they're doing on X person. It's that kind of in-house stuff that they, they'll run. 
And then when they're about to come back on the air, the entrance music for that particular team or individual comes back on and they'll resume what they were doing as if it was just continued from the commercial break when it started. I hope I explained that. Maybe I confused you, but that's how that's how they do it. They don't stand there for 15 minutes and pound their chests. <laughs> no, uh, that would be hilarious, though, just uh, as a prank on the crowd. OK, cheers for now. Hope everyone is, has a good time celebrating Jesus's birthday from Mike. Well, thank you, uh, Mike. I hope you are uh, celebrating as well and uh, that you are, again, happy, healthy in this just uh, just crazy time. You know, we think we're out of COVID. It comes back. You know, you, you have mask mandates come back, at least where I am. And actually, I work for New York State. I'm a state employee there. Um, and the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, uh, not my, I'm not a biggest fan of hers, um, who obviously took over after after Andrew Cuomo was shamefully resigned in the sexual harassment allegations and, and a bunch of other stuff. So she took over as the first woman governor. And she's actually, I think, worse than Cuomo in terms of just policy. And what I'm, what I'm saying is the reason I'm talking about this is not to talk politics, but to tell you that she reinstated a mask mandate where it's not just indoor places. You have to wear a mask. It's even while you're sitting as a state employee at your desk. And you're six feet away from that person. Even if you're vaccinated, they're fully vaccinated. Everybody's like, you know, 100 yards away from one another. It doesn't matter. You have to sit and wear a mask. It's complete nonsense. There's no science behind it. Uh, it's miserable. And uh, I, I, I am not a fan of it. And I can tell you there's no data to support any of that. It's just purely, purely uh, about compliance and politically motivated. But let's move on. Oh, God. I, I really am going to start a, pol- a politics podcast. I swear. I'm going to, but the problem is I would alienate some of you. It's a very, very, it's a extremely touchy subject. I know this. And I know that some of you, whatever side of the aisle you fall on, it's, it's unfortunately become something that a lot of people can't even be friends over anymore. It's not like something that, oh, you disagree on this policy issue, that policy, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican. And they kind of have a, just a, you know, a uh, civil conversation. That's not the case anymore, which is sad. Okay, moving on. I'm not trying to talk politics right now. Let's do it. Tommy Smith, who is also a patron of the show. Thank you so much, Tommy, for your uh, support. And he writes in, Hi, Matt. I was typing out a question to you about AJ Styles and how they could protect him after he loses to Omos next week. When I saw the news about AJ going to NXT 2.0, I really hadn't thought of as a way to protect AJ, but I think of that by sending him there, he it will give us time to forget about his current storyline and give him something to do for a while before bringing him back to the main card. Speaking of Omas, I think he really needs a manager. He isn't ready to cut promos, and they recognized that last night when they let the Miz talk for him. I've been trying to think who would be a good fit, but can't think of anyone. Who do you think would be a good fit for him? Interesting. Okay, I know you have one more paragraph. I'll get to it in a second about Liv Morgan. But AJ Styles, uh, you know, that's not a bad idea or a bad thought process, Tommy, where AJ Styles, the reason he's going there, assumingly temporarily, that would be insane for him to just sit there in NXT, um, is to, after Omos destroys him, which he's going to, AJ's not going to beat Omos, that it's a way to have fans forget about what had happened. And once he returns to the main roster, it's like everything's been washed clean. Time heals all wounds. And it's, true i think for the most part especially in wrestling with so much going on all the time there's just an overload of content that after even like a month or you know a month and a half four to six weeks you could have fans go oh that's right yeah he got destroyed by omos but he's back right 
And, and fans, I think, recognize that and appreciate fan or appreciate wrestlers that take some time off, uh, even if it's just to go to another brand. Because I can tell you that the majority of Raw fans and SmackDown fans, the majority of them, don't watch NXT. I mean, look at the ratings. They're about half of Raw and SmackDown. So there is that. Uh, and I think you're right about uh, Omos needing a manager. The thing is, though, he just split from AJ, and AJ was a, kind of by proxy his manager. I understand AJ is an actual active performer, but AJ did 95% of the talking anyway. So who would you pair him with that isn't an active performer? You, you're, if you're talking about a pure manager, like just not somebody that's an active wrestler, that's hard. That that's There's nearly nobody on the roster. There's nobody. There's no such thing right now as just managers, like free agent managers, which is actually a shame. Managers can draw some serious heat. It's a lost art. Right now you have Paul Heyman, and then that's about it. <laughs> like Paul Heyman is one of the last true managers. I know he wouldn't call himself a manager, but you can label it whatever you want. Advocate, manager, you know, whatever he calls himself with Roman Reigns, the uh, council, special counsel. I don't care. He's a manager. He's a pro wrestling manager at, at its basic level. And having him around is really the only one right now He's the only one that is a true pro wrestling manager. So outside of him, I mean, you have MVP, but MVP is also kind of an active competitor. So I I guess if you're going to force me to choose the current roster, it would be MVP simply because it seems there's some friction right now between Bobby Lashley and MVP. And if that continues and they split, you could have MVP gravitate towards Omos and then have a program with Bobby Lashley saying that he's gone to bigger, literally bigger and better things. And having Omas tear down Bobby Lashley. How about that? Interesting, huh? I just created a storyline in my mind that uh, seems somewhat plausible. All right. And tell you, not a lot of plausible things come out of my mind on a daily basis. I'll say that. Okay. I know a lot of people are live, big Liv Morgan fans. But the last two weeks hasn't been good on the mic. <clears throat> I know I'm probably in the minority. But I'm ready for her to lose to Becky and for Becky to move on to someone else. I really would like to see Becky and Bianca at WrestleMania. I know it's still a long way away, but what are your thoughts on that match for WrestleMania? Love the show and Merry Christmas, Tommy. Merry Christmas to you, brother. I've also noted that on my shows over the last couple of weeks that, you know, I haven't been a fan of her on the mic. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad the last two weeks. Um, I, I think that her best was three weeks ago when uh, she was facing Liv Morgan or just before the pay-per-view with Liv Morgan and Becky and, or not the pay-per-view, the match that they had on raw. And when they had that face to face to me, that was Liv's best promo. And the one where they may have ended raw and you got to see some background of Liv Morgan, like behind the scenes and what it means to her mother and how she grew up and all that, the, like the feel good stuff <clears throat> to me, you know, that was the best Liv was. And since then, yeah, it's been kind of mediocre and it feels a little scripted and kind of, oh, feel good. Oh, I'm going to do it for the little girls. It's like, shut up, you know, stop, please. Can somebody as a baby face stop talking about being a hero for the little girls and little boys and talking about just just transparently, you know, goody two shoes crap about being a fighting champion? Like, stop it. Stop it. Just let your character shine through. We know as a baby face by default that you are the hero to a lot of people, but you don't say it. It's just, it's something that you don't say the quiet part out loud, right? Like we just know that by just by the mere fact you're a baby face. But for some reason, Vince feels the need to declare it every single time somebody turns baby face. It's sickening. But that said, as I just tore everything down, I will say that 
I think Liv Morgan has been he's been she's been okay. I think she's been okay the last couple of day, uh, weeks. It hasn't been embarrassing. She the thing is, and I I said this on my show last night. What covers for her, even if the content is clearly being read in her mind or it's just too kumbaya-ish for me, the the whole feel cuddly good thing, uh, cuddly mushy stuff that the writers come up with. The good thing about her is this is something you can't teach and you it's nearly impossible to duplicate if you don't already have it. She's got a presence on the mic. Her cadence is great. She's got a voice, and I said this last night, a feminine but commanding voice. That will help. She has like the opposite tone of like Sasha Banks, where Sasha is better in terms of skill on on the microphone. She understands how to quote unquote cut a promo better than Liv. Granted, she's had many more opportunities and been in an infinite number of more main events than her. I understand that. Bigger lights, bigger stages. But with Sasha Banks, even though she's a babyface now, her voice, even in normal speaking voice, is not nice to listen to. It's 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 kind of like listening to Stephanie McMahon, just in a normal voice, not trying to manipulate your voice in any way, just an annoying tone that comes out of those vocal cords. And then you add her laugh on top of it and you know, it, it becomes insufferable. And so even as a baby or as, as a heel, it's not good heat for me. It's change, change the channel. This is just stop, stop the pain. And with Liv, it's kind of the, the opposite where her material isn't as good. Her delivery, or rather, her um, her her just wit and innate promo skills that Sasha has, she doesn't. And those will come a time. But to me, the more important thing is how do you sound? How do you feel? What's your presence on the mic? You know, the words are secondary, right? <clears throat> the words are secondary. Those can change, but your presence and how you sound on the microphone is everything. So to me, it's the perfect way to describe it: feminine but strong and commanding and clear. She's the opposite of Vince McMahon right now. I mean, like you talk about two ends of the spectrum, like she is such a clear and slow speaker, not to the point of an obnoxious, just perfect to absorb what she's saying. So I I can't speak enough, highly enough about Liv in terms of that, but I agree what you're saying. The content of her promos has been a little bit subpar the last couple of weeks. I totally agree on that. Uh, but as far as the Becky and Bianca at WrestleMania, yes, to me that looks like the shoe and main event. You know, uh, you know, of course, depending on what happens to Liv, if she takes off and explodes, then things could change. But if everything remained the same and WrestleMania was like next week, Becky and Bianca, end of story, end of story, end of subject, case closed. That's it. Yes, I agree. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, Liv is probably not going to win at day one. But I think the outrage will continue of fans, and that's a good thing. So, all right, Tommy, thank you. Let's continue on. And let's see, we have a few more from our patrons, and then we'll get to uh, the common folk, all my loyal subjects, right? Hear ye, hear ye. Did I just turn heel? Uh, Okay, how's it, Matt? This is from uh, Miller from beautiful South Africa. It's been quite a while, been hectic times at work being in the health industry. Well, first of all, the brother, just, you know, <laughs> if you're in any kind of health field right now, you know, I can't imagine the hours and things you're dealing with. I know, you know, I know there's other things other than COVID in this world and people forget that. Like everything right now, every symptom everyone has for anything at all is COVID. 
you know, it's just, I, I understand the mentality of that. But of course, there's thousands of other diseases out there that we're just putting to the side and forgetting about. So I'm not sure if you're dealing with both or one or the other, but and uh, take a take a breather when you can. But okay, thanks to all the hosts as well as the listeners on the mailbag, keeping me in touch with everything that's been going on in the WWE world. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe with this new variant going around and causing panic everywhere again. Yes, the one good thing I'll say, and I'm really trying not to get political, but since people are bringing it up, this really isn't political though. The 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 Omicron variant. Right now, all the data seems to suggest it's an extremely or it's a much more mild form of COVID than Delta and or the original virus. So while it's spreading like wildfire, it is giving most people the most vi- um, violent, the most uh, mild version of COVID that you can imagine, um, at least that we've seen so far out of the variants that have come across. So that's a good thing, right? Like if, if one a strain was going to spread and it's super transmissible, wouldn't you want it to be the most, you know, just, mild form where it's essentially a cold for most people. So there is that. And and if that's the case, then this could essentially help end the pandemic because people will build up immunity and most people won't die from this. And it's, it's, you know, if, if there's a way to do it, then, you know, all right, well, enough about COVID let's move on. Um, where am I here? I lost my, lost my, uh, my train of thought. I've missed a lot which I wanted to comment on the past few weeks, but just want to say I'm devastated about the news about Jeff Hardy being released. Such a shame as it looked like his career was just going up and unfortunately agree with you that he probably, we won't see him again in WWE. Yeah. Um, I know that was a few weeks ago too, but I would highly doubt at least in, in ring capacity in ring. His days are done in WWE. He's had more than enough chances and you know, I, I don't blame WWE for that at all. You know, I, I we crap on them for a lot of stuff and for a lot of releases that don't make sense to us, mainly because we're on the outside and don't know the real reasons. But this one, you know, look, you, if what we're hearing is true about who's you know having alcohol or who's under the influence of drugs, whatever, you gotta let him go and you can't have him come back in ring anyway. He's done. You want to have a Hall of Fame moment for him? Cool. You know, you want to bring him out on Raw in, in a few years and have a cool reunion moment with maybe Matt Hardy, if, if you know, in, in a in another universe. <laughs> maybe he comes back. I mean, weirder things have happened. But I think a Hall of Fame moment right now is uh, probably all they'll do in a few years for uh, the Hardy Boys, and they'll call it a, a career. I do not think you'll ever see a match from Jeff Hardy again in WWE. I would be shocked. Now, if you want to see Jeff Hardy in ring, of course, AEW may be a place that you can look because... Things may be heating up there, but all right. Agree. I need to agree with you. Uh, I actually, for the first time in a long time, watched the entire show of Raw. I actually really enjoyed it and think they did a good job. I'm a massive Liv Morgan fan and do enjoy the story with her and Becky. I was actually shocked that Liv was on Raw this week. As you, uh, uh, as like you say with the predictability, usually after an attack like last week, the attacked superstar usually misses the next show. And the heel just has a single promo. So it was quite nice, a uh, nice surprise and something new. Yeah, that's that is true. You know, Liv Morgan last week uh, with her being her arm being smashed between the steel ring steps and the ring post. You're right. Yeah. But I think the purpose of that was to show fight in Liv. You know, she doesn't quit. Nothing can stop her. Even a bum arm can't all that stuff. Uh, and but you're right. Um, OK, I lost my spot again. Uh, with uh, the WWE title now being a fatal four-way, which 
for me, is way more exciting than uh, Triple Threat, as Triple Threat is the go-to match when they don't know what to do. And with Kevin Owens resigning with WWE and rumors of Bobby Lashley having a character change and turning face, I find this match interesting. Can't count Owens out because he will be staying. And the whole handshake and hug between Owens and Rollins definitely means they're going to turn on each other in the match. And I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but I think that that's going to make an opening for Big E to get the win. And WWE loves the champions winning Fatal 4-Way matches, overcoming the odds, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, first of all, yeah, I mean, Kevin Owens resigning with resigning. I, I think I accidentally said resigning, resigning with WWE. You know, I think a lot of people are disappointed in that, including myself, selfishly. I think him, AEW would have been a better fit, but what the hell do I know? Um, the more that I think about this match with the Fatal 4-Way, and I have been of the belief that it's Kevin Owens who's going to take the pinfall, uh, and Seth Rollins gets the victory, and that protects Big E. You know, the more I think about it, you're, there is an absolute case to be made, and perhaps it's even a stronger case, that Big E winning this match would exactly position what you said in him being a champion that overcomes the odds. And and I have sneaking suspicion that they're not looking at this as a way to protect Big E and get the belt off him without hurting him, but rather using this as a stepping stone or a notch in Big E's belt to say, hey, yeah, the, the odds were against him. He didn't have to be involved in the decision at all. And there were three other guys in that match and he still persevered. Yeah, I'm getting more and more nervous about that being the outcome. So stay tuned for our preview and prediction show or our, our official one coming next week. I'm going to try to get Ashley on. Uh, as I've said in the last few weeks, now it's been like three, four weeks since I've had a co-host on. It's been so difficult with my uh, daughter's sleeping schedule. And I also have a, a, a toddler. So they, when one wakes up, the other one hears the other one wake up and it's this domino effect. And it's. It's been so crazy, and I hope this is just a quick phase. It's not that I'm being lazy or don't know the value in bringing somebody else on. Trust me, I do, and I want other people on, and I've got so many people backlogged that I want to talk to. Of course, Memphis Mark, who is just uh, just so much fun watching him on Twitter and uh, or and everywhere else he's on social media. I mean, <laughs> he's a blast. Uh, I, I want to bring back Ashley, right? I want to eventually be able to talk to Mimi again about AEW. Like I've got, I've got so many people that I've got lined up when things return to normal and perhaps it'll have to be some weird time during the day that we reconnect and I'll record it then. But anyway, uh, I know that I get that. Oh, while I remember guys, uh, I can't believe I didn't make this announcement at the beginning before I continue Miller. I don't mean to stomp on your email here next week. Don't forget it's the takeover edition of the mailbag. So next week, the mailbag returns with Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. So get your emails in. They will be answering your emails, including anybody on Patreon sending me their messages through the internal messaging system. I'll just forward those on as emails to him. So don't worry about emailing me directly. So emails to realwbpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, unless you're a patron, just send it through your normal way. Those will all be answered by Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. He also has an email this week. I'll get to that. But I'll be doing the voicemails. So we're going to do kind of a tag team thing here, or really a triple threat since the Mrs. is involved here. It's kind of a triple threat match. And I don't like my odds, given that there's two of them and one of me. So we'll have to see. I may have to cheat to win, grab the ropes, you know, use brass knucks. We'll see. 
But um, <laughs> that said, I just want to remind you guys. So don't forget, next week is a huge mailbag show. It'll be the after Christmas takeover edition. So, all right, moving on with uh, your email, Miller. Let's see. Uh, I used to not care about the New Day. Didn't love them, didn't hate them. But now I finally finally realize what you've been going on for on for ages. They make me sick. The New Day is the tag team equivalent of uh, to almost a superhero Nikki. I'm not so invested with Austin Theory, his gimmick and storyline with Mr. McMahon. But Theory is a hell of an athlete, and that springboard fly, Spanish fly he did was freaking insane. Yeah, that was insane. I put Austin Theory over in terms of a uh, in ring. We all know what he can do in ring. He's got a he's a pretty boy face. Uh, he's obnoxious. He's got the skills, and we'll see what he can do with them. But yeah, I know. Look, I've been bra- uh, bragging. I've been nagging about New Day for literally years. I mean, probably like four years now. I'm not even exaggerating about that. It's been forever since I, at least those of you that have listened to me from the beginning and even probably before that. And I know it's tiring and I know it's, you know, kind of like, oh, here he goes again. Oh, my God. Can he just shut up about it? And I'm not saying you said that, but I'm sure people do. And if it's, you know, the host talks about the same thing all the time, it does get tiring. But when I see the same thing every time, WWE is forcing me to talk about what I see. And if it's the same thing, it's really on them. But I'm glad you finally came around to the light, Miller, and you have realized the ineptitude, the uh, eye-rolling, secondhand embarrassment that is the New Day. Thank you. I'm glad. And hopefully I can turn more people to the light uh, and and make them realize that uh, New Day is... They're not just dead. They're embarrassing to the product. They are an embarrassment as characters, as characters, not in ring, not as human beings, but as characters, they're an embarrassment to the wrestling industry and a subject. I don't know how to make it much bigger of an insult than that. I'm trying to make it you know, more stinging than that and I, without using colorful language or calling for them being fired, which I'm not. They, they are just an embarrassment to the pro wrestling industry. And they can tout all the merchandise sales all they want. They are, especially Kofi Kingston and Xavier, have been the absolute worst thing to happen to Monday Night Raw since, I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Maybe the zombies taking or eating the Miz. I don't know. All right, moving on. Um the AJ and Omos split, I think, is great for both, but Omos is still undefeated in singles action. I look forward to seeing him in the Rumble. But AJ versus Omos, AJ needs to get back into the singles title run, but I also don't want to Omos, don't want to bury Omos. Will AJ be the guy to give Omos his first singles loss? No. I, I can say that with full confidence. AJ, right, right now this split is probably more about Omos than it is AJ. There's no way that AJ Styles right now, at least how he's billed right now, is going to give Omos his first loss. There's there's like almost no chance of that. Now, could they eventually have AJ Styles be built up, be built up, be built up for a number of months and then eventually face Omos and him be the one to finally take Omos down? It could be, but initially, hell no. Hell no. Um, I just need to add, I don't watch NXT, but I watched the Gonzalez versus Kai Street fight. Holy crap, these ladies are so super tough. They really make the women on the main roster look like fairies. <laughs> I didn't see it. Can't comment on it. Um, But I take your word for it. Main event for day one, Brock versus Reigns. Last Friday's segment opened a whole new imagination part of our brains. Love it. What's going to happen? I love Reigns. 
but would love to see his first night back without Paul Heyman. Is Heyman going to come back as Brock's advocate? Is this a setup to screw Brock again? Well, Miller, I think I explained it in a couple of emails before with another patron. It might have been Randy uh, who brought this exact point up, and I tended to agree that it could be that Brock and Heyman immediately reunite, but only to have Heyman screw Brock at the pay-per-view to help Roman Reigns. And this whole thing's been a ploy between Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman from the beginning, which would then, I think, bolster Brock Lesnar's babyface run because Paul Heyman's not an inherently likable guy. Like, he can turn a crowd and, and put it, you know, put their uh, support behind him. But it's not a natural thing to do for people because they're just so Pavlovian response-driven to boo Paul Heyman, right? Because he's so good at being a heel. So him turning babyface would be more of a challenge maybe than it's worth. And I think there's a case to be made to have Paul Heyman do exactly that. And don't forget, uh, Paul Heyman actually did this exact thing with the Big Show. When Big Show, uh, I think it was at the Royal Rumble in 2000, do I want to say 2003? Royal Rumble 2003, when Paul Heyman went against, or rather uh, Brock Lesnar went against Big Show. And uh, the reason Brock Lesnar lost that match was because Paul Heyman screwed him. So, you know, it's not the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, but we're getting towards that time. So just some food for thought. It is. I think it's a very good possibility and actually more the probably the most likely scenario. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Matt. Hope all you and all the co-hosts and all the listeners are having an awesome Christmas with the family. And let's make the last week of 2021 the best week of the year and the momentum you have to do that, don't you? Going into 2022, cheers. Sorry, Matt, listening to your... Oh, yes, you have an additional uh, thought here. Um, so you said you're listening to your, my raw review, and it reminded me, or you, of something I wanted to say. You mentioned the stack raw coming up. I'm not sure what you mean by that, the stack raw. Uh, but anyway, I thought about it when now the pay-per-view is announced for December that each show, Raw and SmackDown, we're going to try to each have one massive stacked show as a brand pay-per-view, brand-only pay-per-view. Still two shows left for SmackDown, but the last show is scheduled to be December 31st. Would they make it a big go-home show for the pay-per-view? I mean, I think they they will. They, they probably, you know, they have stacked the free TV shows more than the pay-per-views, it seems like. It seems like they're more focused on having great TV shows than they are actually stacking on pay-per-views. And perhaps there's a little bit of a monetary disincentive uh, here. And the reason I say that is WWE, when they sold their network uh, for at least for the next five years to Peacock, they don't get any more money when people sign up for subscriptions. Like they got their money from Peacock and they're running. So perhaps they're more interested in driving up the revenue on the individual television shows because that revenue can fluctuate depending on the ratings and so forth and, and what the sponsors agreements are with WWE. And so perhaps they have a monetary incentive to do that with the TV shows, realizing that they're they're kind of crapping on the pay-per-views, but knowing that if they stack everything on the pay-per-views, they're not going to get any more money. So I think I just stumbled across something there. All right, uh, let's continue on here. What did you, well, oh, and another thought, everyone celebrates New Year's Eve at 12 o'clock. Are there going to be any hungover superstars running between the rings next Saturday. Cheers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. You know, I'm, I'm sure that there will be. Although, from what I understand, the current culture in WWE is not one that you want to risk being hungover for. 
you know, and, and I wouldn't either. It's possible. But number one, a lot of people aren't big partiers like they used to be. It's not the quote unquote boys that go out and get hammered. You know, every time they go to a city, it's a much more controlled and, and much more focused on nutrition and, and making sure they don't you know ruffle any feathers. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a much more t- a tame and toned down version of the backstage boys than it used to be. So I very much doubt that it's going to be that that's going to be the case, especially given that everyone knows they're on eggshells. No one's trying to piss anybody off because how quickly and easily WWE just lets people go. And it seems like nobody's immune. So I I would say there may be, but they better hide it very well from management. Um, I saw the memes and jokes about Veer Mahan walking from India, which is taking him so long. Interesting fact, Durban, a city in my beautiful South Africa, is the most populated Indian community in the world after the country India. Maybe he's coming from here, so that's why it's taking so long. It could be. Yeah, I mean, he could be walking from there in South Africa, uh, which, you know, also makes me wonder, is he going to, you know, uh, produce a miracle and walk on water across the Atlantic to uh, to the United States? I mean, yeah, I don't know. But hey, cool fact, right? I didn't know that. I didn't know that the Durban is the most populated Indian community in the world after India. So now we all know and knowing's half the battle. All right, Miller, let's uh, let's move on. But thank you so much. Hope the, uh, you are doing well and have a great holiday this coming week. And it's time now to take a break. You know what? Let's let's take a break. I got to give some love to the sponsor of the show. And which, by the way, guys, if you're on Patreon or you're on Apple Podcasts and you have the ad free versions of this show, which, by the way, is ninety nine cents for a limited time on Apple Podcasts or nine dollars and ninety nine cents for the entire year. You won't hear the ad that we're about to play right now. You it's just going to skip to the next section as if it didn't happen. So how about that? And you don't have to do anything other than just hit that play button and lay back. But if you're on the free version, then you have to uh, you have to listen to this ad. So here we go. I'll be back on the other side with some more thoughts. And of course, continuing with emails, starting with Mr. DJ Kuzmo. So you're not going to want to miss that. Be right back. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader 
in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on JudgeMe. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boost's health guide at VitaliBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I-Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitaliBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitaliBoost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right. Well, this is that time of the week. Let's get yourself situated. I'm going to get myself a drink of water because we're about to head in to the DJ booth. Right, let's get to DJ's email. And he says, Hey Matt and WWE AEW podcast fam. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again in your mailbag show. On this holiday edition of the mailbag, I'm here on this episode to share what's on my mind in terms of storylines, wrestlers, and everything in between. With that being said, let's keep pumping out some awesome content, folks. Just a few days left until 2022. And one more thing to mention. Matt, hopefully you and your wife can create a sleep schedule for your little one. I can only imagine how challenging it is to hit that record button and then pause and come back to re continue recording. I don't know how you do it. You must have some sort of magical powers because I can't tell you how many times you probably start and stop podcasting. Yeah, listen, uh, DJ, people have no idea, right? Like so far, everything you've heard up to this point, though, in, in the podcast, I actually haven't had to stop. You know, I haven't had to stop. But this right now is an exception more than the rule over the last like three weeks, four weeks. And people have no idea. Like there was a podcast that I don't even know when it was the last few weeks. I mean, it was like 10, 12 times that I had to like stop, start, stop, start. And it just it's it's an impossible environment to bring on a co-host with. It's just you can't do it. So I'm yeah, I mean, it's I'm not asking for any pity at all. I just understanding and I'm glad you understand, DJ, and hopefully listeners do, too. It's, it's uh, just simply out of like life right now, and it's a phase, and it'll pass, and we'll get back to the things as normal, but you know, um, I'll, I'll try to find some creative ways around it over the next several weeks if things don't change. Like I said, recording during the day, some random time during the week, if I can get a co-host on, just some ancillary random time other than like at night, which is normally when I record and talk to, to my co-hosts, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, brother, I gotta say. Uh, it's, it's been pretty nuts. Like, I mean, you just hear a show when it's all stitched together, but you have no idea how many times I've started and stopped during a show because everything's streamlined for you. But I try to make the cuts not sound like cuts, just like I, it was one continuous sentence or thought. 
yeah, it is a little tough. But uh, you, you said that anyway, we, the listeners and everyone at the WWE podcast, officially unofficial, official, unofficial, appreciate the time you take to keep the uh, to record and keep the wrestling pod schedule going strong every week. With that being said, let's go to the day one pay-per-view. Yeah, we are unofficially the official unofficial podcast, uh, WWE podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> is it just me? Is that it, or that it feels like this upcoming pay-per-view on January 1st, New Year's Day? Feels like fair game, especially in the title matches for the WWE and Universal Championship. Fair game meaning that anyone could win. Let's first start with the WWE title. At first, it was supposed to be a triple threat with Kevin Owens, Big E, and uh, Seth. But now it's become a fatal four-way that includes Bobby Lashley after he quote-unquote overcame the odds and defeated all three of his opponents last week on Raw. Here are some of the factors that came to mind that have led me to think that the WWE title match at day one is anyone's game. Number one, Kevin Owens re-signing with WWE, which I'll get to in a few minutes. Number two, MVP might interfere to aid Bobby, but then Bobby, who's been booked slightly as a babyface, might not want MVP to aid him. Bobby loses his focus and he, as he continues to talk to MVP, telling him to leave the ring, and that probably causes Bobby to get distracted and he gets pinned by the most devastating move in all of WWE. Say it with me, folks. The roll-up. I-I-I. Yes. The, uh, the eye-rolling emoji is absolutely applicable here. Number three. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens' tag team chemistry could most likely work in isolating Bobby Lashley, and either Seth or Kevin may take the fall so that one of them wins the title taking the sacrificial pinfall for the, quote, greater good. Anyway, I cannot share this week who wins the title at the day one pay-per-view. It is really hard to tell who comes out on top, but I'll definitely let you all know next week on the mailbag. Stay tuned. Yeah, this is this is really tough. I, I have to agree. As, as confident as I was for weeks about Seth winning because he was on such a roll, which has actually cooled off the last couple of weeks, even though he's in a, in a nice tag team match with K, uh, KO, at least temporary one. It feels like he's kind of cooled off, and it's really anyone's game. Exactly what you're saying, uh, DJ. Uh, okay, now on to the big Universal title rematch of Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. With the events that took place last week on Friday, uh, Friday Night SmackDown and Paul getting fired, Roman getting F5'd, the match coming up at the day one pay-per-view also can be anyone's game. <clears throat> and in my opinion, there's no clear-cut winner. Here are some of the factors that came to mind to lead you to this decision that and this could be anyone's game, the Universal Championship. Number one, Paul Heyman's possible involvement in the match. Does Heyman automatically align with Brock? Will Heyman screw both Brock and Roman and do a double turn? What will Heyman do? When will Heyman interfere? Who will Heyman bring to screw Roman or screw Roman and Brock? Number two, the Usos' involvement in supporting Roman Reigns. Number three, Roman Reigns mentioned a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown, I'm your tribal chief and I'm the greatest of all time. And when my days are done around here, which could be sooner than later, the whole world will acknowledge me. Do his words come to fruition and he ends up losing the match and the title? Anyway, I cannot share on this week who wins. It's hard to tell who comes out on top, but I'll definitely let you know on next week's mailbag. Well, yeah, you're certainly promoting next week's mailbag very nicely. And don't forget, DJ, this will be answered by none other than the casual wrestling fan and his Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. So um, that's going to be, I can't wait to hear that. So I will not be the one responding to this. Uh, 
Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan will be doing that. Yeah, th- this is um, there's a case to be made. You know, if I was going to pick between the two matches of which one's more predictable, I would think that this one probably is in which Roman retains. I think the Fatal Four Ways got a little bit more of a unpredictable feel to it because you can make a case honestly for almost everyone ex- except Bobby. I don't think it's he he just had it right. So the other three, you can make a case for a retention or Seth or Kevin Owens winning. But, you know, that being said, I think that Paul Heyman is the wild card here. As I mentioned earlier, too, I think Paul Heyman is a wild card that is going to have a massive effect to who comes out of this championship match. And I think ultimately my early prediction is Paul Heyman screws Brock Lesnar and aligns himself with Roman, leading to a reveal that it was a master plan all along, and Brock fell for it, and Brock loses his absolute mind and does what he always does when he loses big pay-per-view matches, comes on to the next show, tears crap up, gets suspended. (laughs) So, uh, okay. Uh, Number, or not number, Kevin Owens. When I heard the news last week that KO was going to re-sign with WWE, I was shocked, surprised, and stunned, no pun intended, that he would do that. AEW would have been such a great creative space for him to be his own character and create his own promos without the hand-holding and micromanaging of every single storyline that WWE was known for or is known for. Anyway, out of respect for his family, it made sense for Kevin to take the new deal with WWE, even though his creative freedom would take a hit. With that being said, it would have been awesome to see KO, a.k.a. Kevin Steen, rejoin the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and would be the newest member of the Super Click faction. But now that KO is resigned with WWE, do you think it slightly changes the booking of Kevin Owens in the Fatal 4-Way? Because I kind of see this as a possible factor in maybe KO winning the title at day one. Plus, KO has mentioned on a few episodes of Raw how many days he has left until he becomes WWE champion. Yeah, look, the, it, there is something to be said now that he's resigned. And I'm sure that they sweet-talked KO and said, yeah, yeah, oh, if you resign with us, we'll, you know, we're open to more creative freedom on your end. You know, we won't micromanage your, your your scripts or which they really don't anyway. KO is you can tell that most of what he says is kind of off the cuff. Like he has a direction, but they don't micromanage his, his promos. I don't think anyway right now, but I'm sure they promised him the moon and the stars to get him to resign. And I hope he was smart enough to see through it and go, well, yeah, I'm sure they're just BSing me right now. I'm sure they, they're not going to have this, this run and that run for me. But I know I have financial security, and it's about my family, and I know what this this place is about. So, you know, I understand, like you said, from a family perspective, from a financial security perspective. But selfishly, as fans, we want to see him in AEW, where we feel there's more for him to show. Um, but yeah, there's there's a case to be made for Owens winning. I think what's going to be telling is, do they change how they book him now that he's resigned, and? We'll see. It didn't seem like they did this past week, but that could change. You know, things could change where all of a sudden he's being featured as the, you know, uh, a top contender consistently and eventually wins the championship. But until that happens, I think it's they know what they got with KO and they're going to continue to promote him the way that they have been. And I think KO is understanding of that. They know he knows the devil that he's involved with here and he's got his financial security. If that's the most important thing, then. Now, more power to him. Splitsville happening in teases. Uh, okay, let's look at Splitsville happening. Uh, Roman reigns, or rather, yeah, Roman firing Heyman. The end of the wise man, the end of the tribal chief council to the tribal chief. It was a great ride. 
to have Paul Heyman work side by side with Roman in helping him elevate his new heel character and giving Roman the confidence to go out every Friday night and every pay-per-view since SummerSlam 2020 to go out and dominate. And in the words of Roman's first merch shirt since returning back in late 2020, wreck everyone and leave. Number two, Omos and AJ are no longer a team. I would say long overdue that this happened, but AJ Styles needs to be on his own and hopefully get involved in a meaningful feud with Edge for WrestleMania next year. Omos, I guess, is the default heel in this story, if you call it that, but he really hasn't generated any type of heel heat. But he definitely has potential to be a future world champion if he's booked correctly. With that being said, it seems rushed that creative is booking a match of AJ and Omos, but at the same time, there's probably something on the horizon for both of them in 2022 that we're not seeing. It's coming soon, so stay tuned. Yeah, I think that's true, too. I think that what's going to happen, they maybe we'll just want to get this out of the way and just, okay, let's have your match and let's, both of you are on separate paths. We got to get you on your own paths quickly, but let's get through this match. I think that's, that could be an absolute uh, realistic case here. Um, so the Splitsville teases that have occurred the last couple of days, Madcap and Happy Corbin, very low key stuff, but during the Thanksgiving Battle Royale, there was a scene where Happy Corbin threw Madcap over the top rope to eliminate his fellow partner. And on this recent episode of SmackDown, another tease of a possible split between Madcap and Happy where Corbin decided to place Madcap Moss to face Drew at day one and not let it originally be a handicap match against Drew. Anyway, I could care less who would be the babyface or heel if a split between them ever were to take place. But if this possibly means we don't get a dreaded happy talk anymore, then sign me up when this split will take place. Yeah, it, it, I guess... <clears throat> I guess you, you being annoyed by happy talk is by design. You know, I, I guess I always ask, is this heel heat where you actually would pay to see them get beat up? Or is this channel changing, eye rolling, embarrassment heat? There's a difference. I let people try to equate it as all the same and lump it in the same. It's not. Number two, Nikki and Rhea. After losing the women's tag titles to Zelina and Carmella, there seems to be some sort of resentment that Rhea has towards Nikki that she probably doesn't want to be involved in a tag team anymore. We see this past week Rhea defeating Zelina while Nikki was watching on the match on TV from a side view. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, guys. Uh, at least it's not Big E apparently just watching with his back to the TV. I mean, Big E is the absolute worst at that. It feels like Rhea is hidden in a tag team that has lost its steam and the good old momentum... And Nikki is doing whatever it takes to keep Rhea interested and happy in being part of the tag team. I say break them up sooner rather than later. Yeah, look, no one, absolutely no one cares if they break up. Nobody. Like, seriously, nobody. Maybe their own internal friends and family would have an opinion about it. Most of us say, yeah, uh, Nikki A.S.H. is awful. Rhea Ripley deserves to be on a singles uh, run right now. Let's get them the hell away from each other. Yep. <laughs> Number three, Bobby and MVP. I'll cover this on the voice recording portion, but there seems to be some sort of teaser split of Bobby and MVP. When Bobby laid out a challenge for MVP to face Big E all by himself, and then backstage when Bobby doesn't give MVP any response to his question if they're still cool. I really hope this doesn't happen because we are still we still don't get why the hell the hurt business of Shelton and Cedric broke up and have no explanation why they reunited for a brief moment with MVP and Bobby, and then we never saw a continuation of that storyline. Yeah, like, I don't even want to get into that, DJ. It, It is just, it's a convenience-of-the-moment story with no consideration of logic. 
it's it's embarrassing and it actually is insulting to most of people's intelligence <clears throat> for at least those of us that care um also there's a hint of bobby might might be turning babyface since the confusing vision uh vignette from a couple weeks ago and now how bobby is being booked in the fatal four-way and the way bobby was booked for the gauntlet match seems to be a bit babyface in the whole overcoming the odds crap anyway I just hope MVP and Bobby don't split because of all the accomplishments of last year and this year is all thanks to MVP being the MVP. And last but not least, let's continue with WrestleMania triple threat storyline angle I created last week. And the winner is after enduring a series of German suplexes and two F5s from Brock Lesnar, along with a future shock DDT from Drew, and your winner, reigning, defending, undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion, of the world is Roman Reigns for the second straight year main eventing a triple threat title match by smashing, stacking, and pinning his opponents. The head of the table reigns supreme. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Peace, y'all. And yes, I'll get to your voicemail shortly, DJ. Okay. Yes, I'm glad you were able to bring that storyline to a close. I know we had a lot of people uh, on the edge of their seats. People were emailing me all week. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Who's going to win? And Lo and behold, DJ comes through with Roman Reigns as the winner. So thank you, DJ, for those contributions. Hell of an email. I appreciate it. And we'll get to your voicemail, of course, in just a few minutes. All right. We have only a couple more emails, and then it's straight to voicemails. I have Jim from PA, and he says, I have to say it was nice to see Finn Balor get a win on Raw, and it was great to see Bel Air Finally, K.O.D. Dewdrop to hopefully end that feud. I've been say, uh, seeing that most of the titles online at day one are going to have uh, uh, they're going to have the rest of them. I sure hope so, especially the IC and U.S. They haven't been defended in a while, and that's a shame. Finally, Brock and Roman, their match will end in either a DQ or countout where Brock will get the win, but not the title. Sorry, one more thing. I can see Liv Morgan losing at day one and then going on and winning the Rumble instead of facing Becky again, throwing us a curveball and maybe challenging Mandy Rose for the NXT title. What do you think? That's all. Stay safe. Have a Merry Christmas. Thank you, Jim. Hope you're doing well over there in uh, PA or down there in PA. Is up in, I'm up in New York. I guess down is the appropriate direction. But okay. So reversing this, what do I think about Liv Morgan losing at day one and going on to the Rumble and winning it? And instead of facing Becky, she faces Mandy Rose. I think it's within the realm of possibility, but here's the problem. Vince McMahon views NXT as a secondary product or rather a a third level product. They are the redheaded stepchild of the trio. And do I think that Vince would use the winner of the Royal Rumble, one of his most prized possession pay-per-views? to face somebody in NXT that essentially was demoted to NXT, which again, Mandy Rose is doing an excellent job over there and a toxic attraction. I mean, she's from everything I've seen and heard from Zach and seen some clips. She's doing fantastic, much better than she was doing in the main on the main roster. So while it may not be a demotion in terms of execution, the initial move was kind of a demotion, you know, and uh, that said, I think that Vince wouldn't do it for that reason, but it'd be a hell of a twist, hell of a twist. Uh, now Brock getting a win, but only by DQ or count out. Yeah, absolutely. That can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and again, Paul Heyman is the wild card here. And the more I talk myself into this and talk about it, I'm talking myself into it. 
of Paul Heyman turning on Brock. It's a false reuniting of them, and we have uh, Paul Heyman screw Brock, only to show his true colors. So uh, the Dewdrop KOD, yes, good stuff. Uh, good stuff there, and uh, the fans loved it. The reaction for that was huge. That was the whole payoff, right? And you're right. That, that program should be over now that everyone got to see what they wanted to see, a clean victory with the KOD. It, it happened. It should be, you know, she should move on. Bianca's about to explode again, I think, with the Royal Rumble season right around the corner. Um, okay. Thank you so much, Jim. And I hope to hear from you next week. Okay. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Two emails left. Two, however, let me check my social media because I am terrible at this. And every week I, I do miss somebody somehow. Let's get to, I'm looking at my WWE podcast uh, mail here, and uh, nobody. That's actually uh, kind of a good thing. My voice is starting to to get a little bit uh, sore from the, all the talking, but um, good. And I don't have anything on Twitter. I'm checking as, it's, as I stand right now. Nothing. Good. Okay. So we do only have two, two emails left. Let's get to it. It's from... Uh, well, you know what? I'll let you guess who this is. I'm not even going to tell you who this is. I'm going to let you play, uh, guess here. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Awesome. Woo. Your resident heel is back. The greatest male and female wrestlers of all time. That's so hard. I can't I can't say that with a straight face. Uh, Miz and Maurice are back. To add to all of this, it's the holiday season. I'm feeling good. Let's get into the mailbag episode. Look, I hate to kill the mood, but I think there's a very slim chance that Seth wins at day one. With him being in in this little duo partnership with KO, I think they are both out of the title picture, and it's between Big E and Bobby. I think Big E will retain, and maybe Seth will have a title shot 1v1 at a later date. What do you think? Okay, I'll stop there. Again, you know... I'm an hour into this mailbag and I've convinced myself that Biggie's going to retain. I'm I'm preparing myself for the depression that is an, a Biggie retention here. And him aligning with KO is concerning to me because it does tell me that maybe they're going to go on kind of a, a two-man power trip thing. And also Seth could play the card that his contract that he won a number of weeks ago to get into this match which, by the way, should be a one-on-one match, will be his argument, right? Like, my, he could say to Adam Pierce, my contract for the title match said one-on-one. Didn't say a multi-person match. And that's the the legality, uh, the the uh, technicality he could lean on. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I've kind of come to and, and kind of pre, I guess, um, pre-depressed myself, if that's the thing. I'm looking forward to Omos by himself. I believe he will win the Rumble and beat Big E at WrestleMania. Or he could even lose at Mania to Big E. But now from the present, WWE needs to be careful with how they want how they treat AJ's character if they want Omos to be a hated heel. They must first turn AJ face. How do you think they should do this? I hope they don't just expect the fans to suddenly love AJ again because it gets beaten up by beaten up after he has been so heelish for so long now. Anyway, that's all for now. Your resident heel, Owen. P.S. I hope you all enjoyed my collection of the best sound and clips in wrestling a few weeks back. I know Matt loved it. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that, guys, I, I would I would uh, advise against it unless you like inflicting self-punishment. It uh, really just, it, it scarred my soul forever. Scarred my soul forever. And uh, it, was a, it was a collection of clips that he put together of which it was every one of my hated phrases 
from momentum to boss time. Uh, I mean, just you name it. It was devastating. I'm still recovering. I haven't kicked out yet. So, man, it, it cut me to my core. Now, okay, your question, Owen. Um, how do they do this? Well, it's a pretty easy story to tell, right? You have Omos, the the Goliath. You have AJ playing David. They're, they're, so they have that very basic, basic, basic elementary uh, foundation to, to at least start with. Then you also throw in the fact that um, AJ has been healed for so long, and I think people are ready for him to break out of this team. So there's that kind of underlying feeling for AJ. But what they should do on screen is not remind people that, oh, yeah, by the way, AJ actually was the one who physically attacked Omos first. I know that's not how they build it on the show, but that's exactly what happened. And what they should do is just have Omos run down the crowd, uh, have, you know, AJ speak some truth to Omos, right? Like have him go to Omos and say, look, you were nothing. You were, you know, why don't they bring something real back? Right. Why don't, why doesn't AJ say you were nothing but the, you know, the bouncer for raw underground, right? Like uh, you, you were, you were the bouncer for a segment that lasted four weeks on raw. You know, why not make it real? Own it. Talk about you know, where he came from and the irrelevancy that he was in until AJ came along. And, and made him a star. And uh, you know, AJ has been a baby face before. It's just been a long time, like you said. But I think fans are ready for it. He's been long enough hated as a heel that it's fans are ready for him to turn baby face. And he's, I think, equally good at both. You don't see that a lot. I think AJ is well-suited for both. He knows how to play both sides very well. So, all right, Owen, thank you for your contributions, I think. <laughs> and uh, let's uh, let's continue on here. With the final email of the evening, man, my voice is killing me, but no time for the week here because we've got Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan writing in, who again will be hosting the show next week in terms of the email portion. Okay, he says, it's Sir Casual Wrestling Fan. I hope, (laughs) I'm assuming the Sir is a uh, homage to uh, Xavier Woods. Uh, I hope not. Okay. Uh, I hope everyone's having a great holiday. I want to take an old subject and give a casual wrestling fan perspective. So welcome everyone to controversy with Mr. Casual wrestling fan. Wow. Okay. Here we go. This is way off topic, but I'm down for it. Today's topic, the Montreal screw job. This topic has been beaten to death. So I won't go into de- details about what happened, but basically Brett, who was the WWF champion, accepted a WCW contract at the behest of Vince. Vince wanted Brett to drop the title to Sean at Survivor Series in Brett's hometown. Brett hated Sean and did not want to drop the title to him, especially in his hometown. First, was this the greatest work or truly a shoot? I know this has gone down as one of pro wrestling's most infamous moments, but was it actually a shoot? Numerous wrestlers, including Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Paul Bearer believe it was a work. Other wrestlers believe that Bret Hart is one of the most naive wrestlers in history. Should Bret have seen this coming? The answer is yes. Was Bret warned about a possible screw job? The answer is yes. Was Bret told to not let Sean put him in his submission? The answer is yes. Did Bret trust that Vince would allow him to vacate the title on the following Raw? Yes, he did. Verdict, this was a shoot. 
The ending of the match was supposed to be a DQ finish after run-ins by both the Hart Foundation and DX. There is an actual recording of Vince and Brett discussing the ending to the match. What do you think, work or shoot? Okay, I really haven't ever really spoken much at all on the Montreal Screwjob, mainly because, well, first of all, it was 24 years ago. Uh, and, and, and number two, it, as you said, uh, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan, it has been, I mean, it's not just been beaten to death. I mean, it has been beaten to death, buried, you know, you know, resurfaced, re-earthed, lit on fire, you know, just completely turned to ash, blown away into the wind, never to be seen again. I mean, like it has been completely just demolished. You're right. That's so that's really the two reasons I never really talked about it. But to answer your question, since you're asking, it's a shoot, right? I mean, it's fun to believe it's a work. But there's been too much invested, too much evidence to the contrary, especially during a time when kayfabe was actually protected to believe that there was the depth that they would go to go backstage, as you said, with this recording with Vince. Um, Kayfabe was still alive back then to some degree. I I don't think that they would have invested this much time and had this many testimonies and talking about this storyline if it was a work. You know, I, I believe it was not. There was a real bruise from a punch that Brett threw on to Vince, uh, you know, in his office. Um, you know, Brett also left the company. Why would they make this a work? Why would you also have Brett spell the word, spell the letters WCW immediately after he got screwed? There was Monday Night Wars. I mean, they were locked in a vicious war. You didn't mention the other company. That was a huge no-no. And for Brett to spit perfectly in the face of Vince McMahon, and also uh, to write WCW in the air when he was uh, still on camera was that's a huge no, no. Like there's too many things pointing to this being real. I, I, I will continue to believe it's real as well. Next, did Vince screw Brett? OK, so we've established that we both agree it's a shoot. I know Vince took a lot of heat for how he took the belt off Brett. But was he wrong for his actions? I understand that Brett and Vince had a great 14 plus year relationship and that Brett and Sean hated each other, but don't you still have to do business? To be honest, should any champion be able to tell a promoter, no, I won't drop the belt to a certain wrestler or no, I won't drop the title in my hometown. Not saying that this doesn't happen because it does, but should it happen or rather, but it shouldn't happen. Every wrestler knows you do the favors before you leave a territory. Now, I'm not defending all of Vince's actions regarding this situation, but just looking at how Vince had to get the title off of Brett. Verdict? Vince did not screw Brett. Vince did what he felt he had to do during the Monday Night Wars to protect the WWF. (laughs) Famous line here, Brett screwed Brett. What do you think? Yeah, look, I I like to disagree with you too, and and as you usually bring up opposing opinions here, I I have to agree with you here too. Um, There's, while I understand Brett and his argument for all the contributions he's made to the business, and that he wasn't asking to change the ultimate outcome of him dropping the belt, just doing it the next night. However, Vince felt that it should have been that very night in that arena, in that match. And at the end of the day, Vince is the guy you're working for. Your boss tells you to do something. If you don't do it in subordination, you get written up or fired. 
you know, I understand that as you, you know, as you build a relationship with somebody, in this case, a 14 year plus relationship, maybe certain favors and things happen that wouldn't normally happen with somebody newer and things let's, you know, things slide that other, you know, maybe not would happen with everybody. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, you do what the promoter is telling you to do, unless it's something that's super dangerous, right? That your life could be on the line for, um, you, you do it. And, uh, you know, I, I understand, I absolutely understand Brett's argument. I get it, but it's, sh- you know, it should not have happened the way that it did, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, brother. Um, Brett screwed Brett on this one. And uh, let's move on. Okay, last uh, point here. What could have been? Could you imagine Brett versus Sean Survivor Series WWF Championship? The, the, the story these two great wrestlers could have told would have been epic. The hometown hero versus the showstopper. To have Bret Hart actually tap to the sharpshooter his own finish to end his world championship reign and his WWF career. I think this could have been the story instead of the Montreal Screwjob. The crowd would have been upset and heartbroken. Could you imagine Brett in the middle of the ring, being consoled by the Hart Foundation, tears in his eyes as the Montreal crowd cries with him? That should be the story, and that's how I would have booked the match if I were Vince. How would you have had Brett drop the belt? Would you allow him to vacate the championship on Raw? Hope everyone has a Merry Christmas, the one and only Mr. Casual Wrestling fan. Well, first of all, yes, uh, Merry Christmas to you and the missus as well. Really looking forward to next week with you and uh, and the missus. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, It's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients, and it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks, affectionados, or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market, and customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases, so you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly, and 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to vitaliboost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at vitalyboost.com. Uh, again, V I T A 
L-I-Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitality Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalityBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitalityBoost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I-Boost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. So, final point here. I don't know if I would have done it that way. See, I, I, I can finally debate with you a little bit on this. Of course, debating to nobody because you're not here. It makes it so easy to debate, right? Um, but that's not bad. The problem with that I have is this. You, you say that the crowd would have cried with him. I doubt that. I, I think the crowd would have turned on this very quickly. The Montreal crowd is extremely... Uh, sympathetic towards Bret Hart. He's one of their own. They would have crapped all over that finish. If the Montreal screwdriver didn't happen and we had Bret Hart tap out to his own finish in his own hometown, I think they would have crapped all over it and booed the hell out of it. I think that would have happened given the two, especially the two opponents in the ring, right? Like they, people knew even back then when the internet wasn't so big that they really didn't like each other. You believed it. Because they really didn't, and it came across in ring, and they had a great program together, and they had great chemistry as well. So given the the intense rivalry they had, the story rivalry they had, <clears throat> everything that went into it, I think the crowd would have completely rejected it uh, and, and really been honestly pissed off. That would have been the outcome of that. I, I believe the outcome of this would have been uh, implemented. What I would have done? No, I wouldn't have allowed him to vacate it on Raw. Uh, if our events on the promoter, you know, you, you do what I say. Because at the end of the day, you're leaving. I'm in charge of this promotion. I believe this is the best direction for the company. And Sean's going to still be here and uh, continue to carry the company while you're gone. So what I would have had, I would have had Sean. I mean, this sounds super boring. I would have had Sean hit him a super kick and call it one, two, three. I, I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous. Uh, I, I would not have put him in a sharpshooter. If you put him in a sharpshooter, fine. But I wouldn't have had Bret Hart tap out to it. Um but to me, it would have been very straightforward and then have Shawn Michaels crap all over the crowd, uh, you know, disrespect him, maybe get on the mic afterwards and run down everything about Bret Hart and the Canadian, you know, culture, whatever he does, um, you know, and the crowd would have absolutely destroyed Shawn Michaels. And then, though, what I would have had them do after Shawn's champion, he doesn't see Bret Hart for a few minutes. Bret Hart recovers on the outside and he ends up putting Shawn in a sharpshooter leaving the crowd happy. Uh, Sean's tapping out, but it's too late. The match is over. And then you have Bret Hart hold up the championship, look at the championship, uh, you know, stand on the top rope with it one more time and hold it up while the crowd cheers for him. And he gets that moment with his hometown crowd, even though the belt's already been transferred. That's how I would have done it. Sweet chin music. You want it to be credible with the guy that's still going to be here. You don't want to have a cheap win. And you don't insult the person leaving by having him tap out to his own finish. Uh, I know it's the, the favors need to be done by the person leaving. That's old school territory uh, logic. And I still agree with it, but you also get to have Brett have that moment with the fans and get a little bit of revenge on Brett 
leaving them or on Sean, leaving them feeling good by having that visual of Sean tapping, but realizing it's too late. Um, but it's he still gets a little bit of payback, uh, holds up the bell, has a moment with the crowd, and then lays the belt into the in the ring and leaves. That's how I've done it. Um, so how about that? All right. Thank you so much, Casual Wrestling fan. Looking forward to next week. Whew. That said, let's jump into the voicemails. I don't know why I said it like that. My voice is just tired of talking. <laughs> I think that's really what it is. And I'm also getting a little bit tired. So let's jump into the voicemails, of course, starting with none other than Mr. DJ Kuzmo. Hello! WWE Podcast World. This is none other than DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I'm recording to you live once again on a Tuesday evening, and it is the Tuesday before Christmas. I hope everybody is doing well and getting their last their last couple of days of shopping for your loved ones and your friends. But we are finally, finally getting closer and closer after each week has gone by. We are finally getting close to seeing Veer Mahan debut on Monday Night Raw. And if you have lost count, it is now the 12th week. It is the 12th week that we have seen a Veer Mahan vignette. Now, we all know that the vignette curse is real, but we don't know exactly when will he show up. The hype is getting so real right now on Twitter for this guy, sarcastically that is, because what will be Veer Mahan's first program? Who will he face? Will he most likely he look like he's being booked as a heel, of course, but who will he face upon his debut? That is for creative to give us and for us to figure out as we go along, most likely till ah probably next year when we finally get the Veer Mahan debut. He's coming, he's coming to Raw, and you better beware of the Veer. Now as we continue on on this mailbag, I want to talk about what's going on on Monday Night Raw and what just transpired last night on Monday Night Raw that kind of just uh, piqued in my interest was the possibility of a tease with Bobby Lashley and MVP. Now, MVP, you know, he did help out Bobby Lashley last week in claiming the victory to get his spot in the Fatal 4-Way at day one. But something that Bobby Lashley mentioned to MVP about him facing, uh, him facing uh, Big E, and him uh, just stepping aside and seeing how MVP, you know, will go about this match with Big E. I don't know what's going on, you know. There, uh, what is, uh, what is Bobby Lashley's angle? I don't know. But I was that kind of piqued my interest in the sea of teases of breakups that we saw last night on Monday Night Raw. And um, they also had a backstage segment, you know, where uh, MVP, like, once again, he wanted to find out if him and Bobby Lashley were on the same page. Bobby Lashley didn't give him an answer. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, you know how WWE loves to break up certain things. And uh, we all have a long history of all these breakups. So I hope to God that Bobby Lashley and MVP do not break up. I hope they stay together because they're pretty much the what's 
remaining of the Hurt Business or what was the Hurt Business, of course, with Shelter Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. So I don't know what's going on with that picture, but I just hope that Bobby Lashley and MVP are on the same page. Now, I want to flip it over to SmackDown. I want to talk about what's going to happen this coming Friday night on SmackDown. We have our gauntlet-style match, and Sami Zayn, I'm putting it out there, folks. Sami Zayn is going to win the gauntlet match this coming Friday on Christmas Eve, and he will get his title shot against his old buddy, his old friend, none other than Shinsuke Nakamura. We can finally, finally see the day we have a new intercontinental champion. We have somebody that will defend the title and bring back the honor of the intercontinental title. No offense to Shinsuke Nakamura, but the booking was horrendous. How you have a champion, but don't defend the title on a regular pay-per-view basis. But now that we have Sami Zayn in this gauntlet match this coming Friday on SmackDown, there is hope, folks. There is hope that Sami Zayn will win this match. He will get his one-on-one title match against Shinsuke Nakamura, most likely on New Year's Eve, or maybe they book it to day one, which is the best because, you know, it's best to have a title match on a pay-per-view because we all see nowadays that we have all these title matches on free TV. But we can all look back. We can all look back to the time when Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro were all part of a stable called the Artist Collective. And I remember when they all came to SmackDown, if I'm not mistaken, uh, none other than uh, that I believe it was Sami Zayn was the Intercontinental Champion. And of course, you had uh, uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro were heels. But now in this predicament, just to bring things full circle, it would be so awesome that Sami Zayn goes up against his old friend, his old buddy, now turned rival, in Shinsuke Nakamura, and put it there, folks, he becomes the new intercontinental champion, Sami Zayn. I'm throwing it out there because I know it's going to happen because it's time for a change for the intercontinental title to see it on the hands of Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has been screwed over, of course, we saw uh, with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Let's give Sami Zayn a big win to end 2021. So hip hip for Sami Zayn. Hip hip for Sami Zayn. And we are going to see a brand new champion coming in 2022 in the name of Sami Zayn. Now, I want I want to continue beating a dead horse. We all know that Sami Zayn will win the IC title, but I want to talk about one of the biggest things that's happening right now in the WWE, and I'm not just talking about Veer Mahan. I am talking about the great job of the storyline of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. We all saw last week that after 40 years of service for the Samoan Dynasty family, that Paul Heyman has been fired. He is no longer the the, the, the council, the tribal council, whatever you want to call him, he's no longer in charge in being the uh, the manager in this bloodline faction. 
I'm so happy to see this, and I like to see what's gonna happen next in this new chapter. Most likely, most likely, the obvious may happen that Brock Lesnar may align with Paul Heyman, but what if? What if Paul Heyman actually, he still remains in the storyline? Brock Lesnar is doing pretty good right now on his own as a babyface. He's cutting some good promos. He's actually being able to be comfortable on the mic. So I don't know what's going up next. What's going to happen next in this triangle, in this storyline? Because you have, your, you have your players. You have your script. Now we just need a new chapter. What's the next direction? What happens with Roman Reigns? What is the future of the bloodline? And on and on in this great story, all tying back to the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. So great job by Creative in keeping us on the edge of our seats last week. I hope to see what's going to happen this coming Friday on SmackDown. That's all I got to say for you folks. I hope you have a Merry Christmas or whatever holiday that you're celebrating this week. All the best, and I will talk to you all next time. Hey, DJ, well, listen, so many points that I could talk about. I mean, you talked about it a little bit in your email, so I won't talk about it, uh, repeat any of those or things that we've already heard me respond to. But I haven't really talked about the Intercontinental Championship, so that's one I will uh, respond to because Sami Zayn, will win the battle royal on Christmas Eve. I hope he does. I, I am 100% behind Sami Zayn. I know that some people are not. I think that he is an underutilized talent to a large degree underutilized and overshadowed because Roman Reigns is doing so well. So he's a couple of tiers below in terms of uh, the pecking order of heels. But Sami Zayn is, should win that championship after winning the battle royal because, like I said, no disrespect to Sh uh, Shinsuke, but they just haven't done jack, you know what, with the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know what it is about them just suddenly forgetting about championships that exist. And like you said, it's not, you know, defending it on a regular basis in a pay-per-view. I, I would say just defending it at least once every month, two months. Like, can we get that? And it, it, it's, it's been what, since August something that he defended the Intercontinental Championship? Four months? That's inexcusable. Inexcusable. So. With that being said, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Sami Zayn and your questions about uh, the, uh, the Paul Heyman storyline. I gave many, many of uh, responses to that. And obviously, if you've gotten to this point in the mailbag, you have heard it already that I think Paul Heyman's going to turn on uh, Roman or on Brock Lesnar, ultimately revealing it was all a master plan and keeping Brock Lesnar babyface. Uh, that's what I think. Uh, I would, I, you know, if it were me, I would actually have them unite. <laughs> like I would have them embrace and a hug after the match. And Paul Heyman being the mastermind, bringing these two together. And all of a sudden you hear the announcers go, oh, my God, what did we just see? You know, who could possibly stop these two now that they're united? I want to see a Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar unification. I, I, I think it would be otherworldly to see them together and see the destruction that they could cause. I don't know how you could make it do and make it work. And you got a farm boy and you got a, you know, a tribal chief. I don't know how you make it work, but. If anybody can, it's Paul Heyman. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'd love to see it. All right, DJ, thank you for all your contributions this week. Looking forward to your post-Christmas analysis of Raw and SmackDown. And let's get to that next voicemail. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. I want to talk about the situation with Becky and Liv Morgan. That continues to be, continues to heat up. Just now, they've been... Uh, 
just now the that now that there was a video out on YouTube where Liv interrupted a training session with Becky and attacked Becky from her gym or whatever, and that was pretty cool. And it still continues to be the better storyline in the women's division involving the cha- the women's championship situation and Tony Storm. It's still surprising to me that you have Tony Storm not really seen as a top star. It was really cool. It was cool to see her teaming up with Sasha and having a tag team match, and but it was they were highlighting Sasha and, and Charlotte, which I think Sasha should win the Rumble too. By the way, next year and face Charlotte to the title back take the title back and be champion again because Charlotte isn't doing anything for me personally because she's not a fan of her anyway. But yeah, Tony Storm has just not been doing anything lately credible with Charlotte and Liv, even though she is not seen as a top star, she's been booked like one with Becky and booked very well and I, I'm enjoying it and even though I know that Becky's going to retain because Becky and Becky is great and I love Becky and so anyway, that's just my whole, that's I guess that's it. My the thing with uh, Tony Storm needs to just hurry to be over with and have her feud with Sasha or something or do something different or I don't know because her thing with Charlotte is it working and it started to bore me and Charlotte's champion just bored me because she's doing nothing to help anyone at all because so, it's all about Charlotte and no one else matters and Becky is helping Liv in the best way possible because she cares about elevating people even though she's a heel and she and she's just, you know, I think Becky's doing a better job trying to help help um elevate wrestlers and Charlotte's she's just bringing them down. So that's my thoughts about that. My main point is that I hope that Sasha wins the rumble and take the take the title away from Charlotte and move on with that. But that's it. Thanks for a call. Bye. Hey Kyle, so Interesting comments about Tony Storm that you made. And I'm with you about Tony Storm in terms of character. They haven't really done jack with her. They just kind of made her look like a deer in the headlights with uh, with Sasha Banks. Like, oh, my God, it's my it's my real life here. My, my hero in real life. Oh, my God. She seems so like kind of doe eyed with Sasha Banks in the ring. She's t- she's totally fine. I mean, more than fine. I, I mean, I'd say excellent. Tony Storm in the ring's never been the problem. Her personality is, is a little weak. Uh, the way that they've built her as just kind of this fan girl coming in and kind of make it with the cool girls is not not endearing. And I understand your frustration with Charlotte, how she doesn't do anything for you. They've kind of cooled off on the Charlotte train lately, too. I don't know what it is about that. Uh, they just kind of backed off on that in terms of giving her less mic time than normal. But I hear you about Sasha winning the Rumble. I think she's a candidate. I think Liv Morgan's a candidate. But at the end of the day, what's the bigger matchup? Liv Morgan versus Charlotte or Sasha Banks versus Charlotte? And I think you have your answer there uh, to face Charlotte at the uh, at WrestleMania. So, of course, we've got many more weeks to speculate. Rumbles in about four weeks or so. So we'll have much more to talk about. But uh, thank you, Kyle. And let's continue with our voicemails. Hey, Matt. Brad in New York. A um, couple things. Um, number one, um, the Xavier Woods thing, you're 100% right. It's really insufferable, especially adding on the, um, the, the the British accent. I mean, the idea that this guy all of a sudden, now that he's the king, talks with a British accent is just insufferable. Um, and then seeing Boogs have to kiss his ring or whatever it was made me sick. I mean, Boogs is way above that. Um, that was really awful. Um, 
another thing is the whole Drew McIntyre sword thing. Um, you know, I get it. It's his thing with the sword, and I, I think he's one of the best, one of the, the most professional guys out there. He brings a lot to the table, a lot of excitement. But why is he swinging that sword at anyone, like as if he's a mass murderer who's going to literally kill people? Like, I understand, you know, maybe swinging a chair at someone or something like that, but the idea that you're going to try to hit someone with that sword, it would literally decapitate them or kill them. I just think it's it's so almost just out of character and stupid and such a stupid way of promoting sort of the idea with the sword. Um, I, I don't know, just really kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, Liv Morgan, I think that she's ready. Um, I actually think that as a big Becky Lynch fan, I think it's time for Liv to win it. Um, she's really good on the mic, really good on the mic, and very um, uh, just has gotten to be a very dynamic character, in my opinion. Um, very real, very down-to-earth. It almost seems like, you know, she's not even playing a character. Like, she's just being herself, and it's really good, in my opinion. Um, so there's that, and I think she's ready to win it. Um, I'd like to see them give it to her, and maybe Becky wins it back at WrestleMania or something like that. Who knows? Um, on the Drew, uh, I'm sorry, on the Roman Reigns-Paul Heyman segment, I thought that that was one of the best segments I've ever seen. Um, 10 out of 10, 12 out of 10, whatever you want to call it. That was about as entertaining, as shocking, as amazing as, you know, that's really pro wrestling at its best to me. Um, that sort of drama and that sort of intrigue um, coming from that situation. But I find it hard to believe that Paul Heyman is now just going to be with Brock Lesnar and that's going to be the thing going forward because, Think of all the merchandise that they put together with Paul Heyman's face on it for the bloodline, all the T-shirts they've sold, everything. Like, there's absolutely no way that they're letting that up after really just a few months. I mean, how long has Roman been even using that head of the table entrance song and the whole bloodline? Hey, um, it's Brad in New York. I got cut off for the time limit. But um, like I was saying, you know, that whole thing with Paul Heyman, the T-shirts with his face on it, I don't think they're just going to abandon that so quickly. What I think will probably happen is something like Paul comes out with Brock at day one. He's his new advocate, um, and the whole thing was a setup, and, you know, he ends up helping Roman at the end to win in a very shady situation, and maybe that gives them the, the ability to say, look, it wasn't fair. We need to redo this at WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or whatever it is. But, um that's what I think is going to happen. I just cannot see them abandoning that whole bloodline thing. I mean, I just bought my kids the bloodline T-shirt with Paul Heyman and all their faces on it two weeks ago. They only started really with the head of the table thing in, what, April, May? I don't even know. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was earlier than that. But I, I just can't see them abandoning it that quickly, especially how successful it's been. So I think Paul will go back to Roman's side at some point, and even you saw the, the love that Paul Heyman, when Roman was hugging him, it almost sets it up like that, where Paul was saying to him, I love you, my tribal chief. Um, thank you, my tribal chief, when he was hugging him right before Roman fired him. So I think they're setting that up. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. Um, I think Sami Zayn, also incredible on the microphone. 
Um, he's like an like a like an A plus actor. He's so funny. He is so 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 talented and so good. Um, I think that yeah, he should probably win it from Nakamura, um, and then you know um, kind of go from there. But um, yeah, man, good show um, as always. Every show you you put out has been great, and thanks for the time. Bye. Hello there, Brad. Thank you as as always for your contributions and words and. Uh, just insightful information and or insightful opinions. Okay, I'm going to run down a few things uh, without repeating myself. I'm going to really try the British accent for Xavier. Now, that to me is actually the least of the problems with Xavier. I mean, that that just kind of piles on it. But my issues with Xavier run deeper and longer than this. This is just kind of the crescendo of of all the nonsense and all the eye rolling secondhand embarrassment that he has provided me and others over the last several years, you know, the British accent is just, it's of course just ridiculous and unwatchable, but it to me is, um, I mean, you have, you have uh, Zelina Vega doing it. Zelina Vega is also coming out doing this and they suddenly just adopted the, the British accent. It's very stereotypical. You know, I actually don't want to see another King of the ring again. Can we just do away with it? Even as a heel, <laughs> unless they come up with a different way of incorporating the winner in terms of when they win, can we not just automatically have them turn into this you know, make-believe magic land king or queen? Can, can we just do something different? You know, it's it's really awful the way that they have incorporated this. I don't mind a king of the ring or queen of the ring, but it used to be taken seriously. Like when Triple H or Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, won the king of the ring did they parade parade around like this did they parade around like they are suddenly the king and queen of england i mean it's it's just so bad it's so bad i mean again the british accent is just cherry on the whole awful cake that uh, xavier has created over the last several years uh drew swinging the sword why is he swinging it it's for the visual we all know you know that he's never going to be able to hit somebody with it ever I mean, it's just never going to happen because of the actual damage and mortal wound he would inflict on whoever he hit with. So I don't, you know, it's just, again, nobody has really used a sword before. That's different. He has a story behind the sword. There's some meaning behind it. It's his mother named after his mother who passed away. So there's meaning behind it there. And it adds a little bit of depth other than just a prop. Um, but you, you know, I know he's never going to use it as a weapon. It's never, ever going to happen. So there is that part of it. That's the downside of like, Oh, this is kind of ridiculous. He's never going to hit somebody with it. I get that. Uh, Liv Morgan. Is she ready? Yeah, I think she is too. And you, you know, you, you mentioned she's excellent on the mic again. I, I talked about, I don't know, probably an hour ago uh, that she is, but to a point where like the material's not great. I don't think the material over the last two weeks have been great. It's been okay, but she is saving a lot of the material that's not good for that she's provided so far, like her cadence. And I I talked about her voice and all that. So Um, the Paul Heyman thing, the final point here, Paul Heyman uh, making or being the merchandise and all that. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's that's a reason to potentially not change what's what they have going right now. And considering that Roman Reigns is the top selling individual on WWE right now in WWE shop. You would think they don't want to touch it because if Paul Heyman's on the shirt and he's no longer part of the bloodline, some people may go, oh, well, that's it's changed. I know Paul is is a manager, but still. Right. So perhaps. And I think I've convinced myself now over the last hour and a half. This is now going to be a Paul Heyman turn on Brock 
reuniting with Roman. It's going to be all a big ruse and Brock Lesnar is going to lose his mind and probably lift up the stadium on his back and give the the stadium an F5. Like he's going to lose it. And um, that's how I think that's going to happen. And like you said, why are they going to mess with the good thing? They have an epic storyline going with Roman Reigns right now. And Paul Heyman has been the straw that stirred the drink on this. And I think that you're right. And I think that um, this is all going to be a play on Brock. But Brock's going to remain babyface. So, Brad, thank you so much. I appreciate your uh, your contributions and, and calling in twice. So let's continue on. A, f- a couple more voicemails, and we're going to close this out. My God, it's almost two hours now. So <laughs> let's uh, let's continue on and close this out here uh, before I have to do dad duties. I can't believe I've gone this long. I have not cut out yet, so I've just jinxed myself. Okay, here we go. Hey, everyone. This is Memphis Mark calling from the metropolis of Memphis. Um, just overall this past week, uh, gonna give a couple quick grades. Uh, uh, C for the, uh, C minus actually for Liv going to Iowa. They could have done so much more with that. I like the idea. I like the premise, but it could have been really, really much better. Um, the 24-7, uh, really? What are they trying to create? A, uh, a, uh, a fairy tale ending for this or really and also Kevin Owens should never ever by any means try to emulate Big E's dance that was atrocious my dogs got a little upset about it and uh, I think it even scared a fox alright uh, great shows uh, this week I got to hear uh, Michael Ritter uh, his show, it was great. Shout outs to him, uh, uh, and always Michael Gross and, and, uh, Matt, I've been watching a little in AEW and, uh, it seems that the finished look at the ending of each show and you go back and you realistically read the performances and you look at what went right, what went wrong, storylines, the whole ball of wax. They're really starting to catch up on their shows. Um, it's 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 getting closer and closer. All right, guys. Uh, always remember to spay and neuter uh, your animals. Uh, last week I said your kids. Uh, I apologize. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and goodbye from Mullet Manor in Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Mark. You made me laugh again uh, when you mentioned uh, spaying, neutering your kids. <laughs> I forgot you did that. <laughs> That's just hilarious. I mean, like I knew what you meant last week, uh, and now it's even funnier remembering that. I mean, imagine somebody's message being, you know, like, uh, don't forget to spay and neuter your children, right? <laughs> what the hell? That's just great. Obviously, yeah, spay and neuter your kids, uh, the Bob Barker message. Um, okay, Memphis, Mark. Uh, first of all, you have to come on the show soon, and you will be, I, I promise you. You will be my very first co-host when I return to co-hosting uh, when things settle down here at uh, the uh, the WWE podcast headquarters. So, okay, Liv Morgan, you gave them a C, you gave that segment a C minus. I I agree. Yeah, there were so many conceptual logical things wrong with the segment with Liv, especially like you said when she went to uh, Becky Lynch's private training facility. A lot of it didn't make sense. And the acting at times was spotty. Uh, Kevin Owens never having to do or never should never emulate Big E's dance. No, okay. Big E shouldn't emulate Big E's dance. Nobody should emulate Big, Big E's dance should not be a thing at all. 
So uh, not only Kevin Owens, all human beings on Earth should not emulate Big E's dance, especially Big E. So there's that. And uh, thank you, Memphis Mark, for your contributions. And also congratulations. Hope you are enjoying married life. And uh, that 24-7 title belt is in the mail. So keep an eye out for it. I know you're you're anxiously waiting. You're anxiously waiting. That FedEx and uh, UPS drivers circling around your, your, uh, your neighborhood. Maybe one of them one day will stop and they will deliver to you the most prized possession you could possibly own, that 24-7 championship. All righty. Well, just look out for our truth. Just keep an eye out. Keep your eyes in the back of your head. All right. Uh, let's continue on with uh, the next voicemail. Hey, man. This is Justin from Maryland. I just wanted to uh, give my thoughts on a couple of things that happened. So first, um, I definitely enjoyed the uh, the final segment of SmackDown. Um, I had a feeling that Roman was eventually going to get rid of Paul Heyman. I would have rather saw a spear than a Superman punch. Um, I felt like that was just, I don't know, man. But wondering if this is kind of swerve, maybe just to, you know, um, eventually screw Brock in the end. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I thought that was okay. Um, I definitely enjoy Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens working together. They definitely have a lot of uh, chemistry, great chemistry together. It would be interesting. Um, I don't think this will happen, but Kevin Owens is a one – he hasn't won the tag title and that shot and Grand Slam champion, so there would be a tag duo um go for a while. Um but yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. Um when Kevin Owens resigned, I kinda made kinda made me think that he might win. I think there's a some chance he could win. The victory. I think if he I think Lashley has a shot at winning it. Um, I think Kevin Owens has a small shot, but that was cool. Uh, you okay? You didn't answer uh, one of my questions last week um, about Roman Reigns' next opponent after Brock. Um, you know either because I, um, they might go to Drew, but I feel like Drew's just being the Rumble. I don't think he should fight Reigns at the Rumble, so. I don't know um, if you have any ideas of who Roman could face next, but I just want to throw that out there. And um, I want to touch Morgan's promo. Um, when she was talking, she just felt so, I don't know, boring. Like, her promo didn't really do it for me. Um, she got a good couple of lines, and but I didn't really, like, I wasn't really connecting to her as far as, like, her energy, she just sounded like she was just going off of, you know, her lines. But other than that, um, I think that's it. Um, Randy Orton versus Otis next week should be fun. So hopefully Orton can get an RKO on him. But I don't know, maybe uh, Otis wins by, like, DQ or something. I think they're trying to build Alpha Academy for the next challenges because – Hey, it's Justin from Maryland again. Um, I guess uh, I uh, I went over the limit when I was trying to finish my uh, my topic, but I was saying that I think maybe Otis could win 
via a disqualification or, or count-up. I think they're trying to build Alpha Academy to fight RK Bro at um, day one. Because I think Montez is injured or something, so that's why we haven't seen that finals for the uh, <clears throat> the tag match. But, yeah, um, I think that'll be fun. Uh, Alpha Academy against RK Bro, that'll be cool. But, yeah, that's it. Um, I just wanted to touch on those things, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. And I can't wait to hear your responses. Hey, Justin. So, first of all, thank you for sticking this long. Really, everybody for staying this long. I mean, it's two hours into the show here. Uh, and, uh, Justin, I want to apologize for not answering your question. So, let me answer the question right now. Who is Roman Reigns' next opponent after Brock? Now, again, I think it could be Drew at WrestleMania, but that's WrestleMania. Who do I think could kind of fill the gap? I would have said Jeff Hardy. Obviously, we know the story there. That, that would have been my answer. Uh, but, obviously, Jeff Hardy is no longer there. Um, I'm looking at, I'm cheating here, but I think I need to cheat to make sure I give you an accurate response. Who do I think Roman Reigns could face after Brock Lesnar? Now, this is also assuming that Brock steps aside and another challenger rises up to face Roman, right? Because if that's not the case, then it could be another Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match before we get to the Rumble or at the Rumble. So assuming that's not the case and assuming Drew is still too early and maybe that's a WrestleMania match. I'm looking at the options here. There's there's not a lot. I see why you're asking. Um, I, I, Rickish, I'm looking. I'm trying to f- identify. A, 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 a Cesaro already came and went. Uh, I, honestly, unless somebody comes over from Raw, I don't see a uh, somebody there that could that could. So, with that said, here's an answer for you. Nobody. Nobody steps in between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar until this program's done. I know that's a it's a cop out, but Drew is still too early, I think, because you want him to wait until um, WrestleMania. And Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar is already there, but you have nobody left. Like I'm looking at the roster: Drew Gulak, Mace, Mansoor, Jimmy Uso, Jey Uso. Obviously, no. Uh, Sheamus, Eric Ivar, Ricochet. I guess a small chance. Cesaro he, that that already came and went. Sami Zayn is a heel. Jinder Mahal, Shanky. No, I mean, I guess you have you have Elias floating out there. You have Elias as a free agent. They still don't know what to do with him. Honestly, that's it. (laughs) That's it. I see your question. So that's my answer. Either Elias comes back in in a kind of quick one off with uh, with Roman in a babyface role, or they just continue with Brock Lesnar until that's beaten dead. And then they get to Drew McIntyre. Uh, As far as Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins having chemistry. Yes. Yes, they do. They have really good chemistry, which leads me to believe they could be a tag team moving forward. That's fine. Yeah, I'm absolutely fine with that. They could be the ones to take it off of RK Bro if Alpha Academy doesn't. And therefore disintegrating RK Bro, turning Riddle heel or Orton heel, leading them into a program maybe at WrestleMania. So thank you, Justin. Good questions as always. I apologize for not answering it, but I, I hope I didn't cop out too much on that answer. It's just, it's not a good answer, but there's nobody there really that's sticking out besides Drew McIntyre. So, all right, uh, let's continue on. Just a couple more and we'll close it out. Hey guys, this is Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. And Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan. And we're here to remind you guys that next week, next Mailbag episode, we will be taking it over for the day one pay-per-view takeover show. That's right. Write in your email to us and we will answer all your questions. We will give our prediction 
and, and we will talk about the exciting of all the, the matches that's coming up. So we just want you guys to be ready for that next week. And, you know, for me personally, you know, my wife might not co-sign on this, but I'm going to give the star right now to, uh, what's my guy's name? Uh, Lord have mercy. Uh, that ain't going to What's his name? Yeah. No, not Kevin. Oh, Kevin Owens doing great work. I'm glad you said that. Kevin Owens doing great work. I'm not a lot of Kevin Owens guy, but Kevin Owens is doing just just great work. Him and Seth together looks good. I don't know if they're trying to turn Bobby face. I'm, I really, you know, I like Bobby and MVP together, so that would really kind of hurt me. But I, I really see a face turn and keep trying to, to make him look tasty or good and put him next to Big E. I, I really don't like that. Me personally, but that's just me, you know. But um, Austin Theory was who I was looking for. Austin Theory, that boy can move. You know, he has great moves. Says shout out to Austin Theory, and you know, we still booing little time live. You know, poor live for her. Lord, let her lose again. But that's all we got this week. Um, hope everybody has a great Christmas and happy holiday and New Year. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Now, that's a good promo for next week's show. If that doesn't get you excited about next week's show, I don't know what will. I am looking forward to it as well and um, can't wait. So, yeah, look, Austin Theory can move. He's a he's a good athlete. And we're going to see whether Vince McMahon's four-week experiment with Austin Theory stealing an egg and then sitting in his office getting slapped and talking about being unpredictable is going to be worth it. Listening to a bumbling, fumbling old man mumble and jumble underneath his breath and talk about erasing him with a pencil. Uh, if all of this is going to have some kind of payoff, you know, I don't know. In ring, Austin Theory is really good. And there's no question. And he has a presence and he's a, kind of a, a, a pretty boy. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Kevin Owens doing great work. No question. Kevin Owens very rarely does bad work. I know that you're not a fan of him, but he very rarely does bad work. Kevin Owens is an absolute professional, a very polished performer, is confident in who he is, has quick weight on the mic, doesn't feel scripted, and he, he's really good in the ring. So no issues with Kevin Owens either. Um, and yeah, Bobby Lashley turning babyface. People have been alluding to that over the last couple of hours here, and I think it's possible. It seems as if they are trending that way. It seems they're trending that way to build another baby face or at least make it not look like Big E versus three heels at the at the New Day pay-per-view. So, all right, Mr. Casual Wrestling fan. Well, uh, thank you so much. And I Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan as well. Looking forward to both of you and answering, uh, hearing you answer all the emails next week. So, all right. Final voicemail for the evening. I have no idea who this is. They actually called in about 10 minutes ago. They just squeaked in. So whoever this is, whoever this is, I don't know. Uh, has just made it into the voicemail. And uh, so let's hear who that is. Hey, Matt, it's Kyle from New York again. Uh, if it sounds like I'm talking quiet, everyone in my family is sleeping right now in my house. So I'm trying to like kind of half whisper, half talk. So if it sounds a little weird, that's why. Also, if you hear me doing a, like, weird noise a lot, I have a, I have a retainer in right now. I just went to a dentist and got a retainer like, this week. So if I sound funny, that's why. Um, it sucks, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say ask. I'm not gonna ask any much questions because I'm, tr- I'm gonna try to save most of my questions for next week's mailbag. You know, with casual wrestling fan. Well, casual wrestling fans. Miss, yeah. I'm gonna save the questions for like next week with the two of them. So the one I'm gonna ask this time 
is Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins as a heel tag team. I want to see it now. After this week on Raw, on Raw this week, I want to see them as a tag team now. Because that was a lot. Like, seeing them work together, I don't know. Something about it. There's something there. There is something there on a team between those two. Also, I've heard rumors that Bobby Lashley's turning babyface. I don't know if I want to see it. Maybe? He's a great heel, but if if he becomes a babyface again, I don't want him to go back to the three sisters, Bobby Lashley, like you said in your Raw review. I want him to stay like as the Bobby Lashley currently is, which is a good guy. That I would like, if they do do it. Look, anything but keeping Biggie Champion, I'm fine as I'm doing. So, yeah. Also, next week on the Mailbag with Kaiser Wrestling Fan, I have a little theory about the Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar love triangle, but I'm gonna leave you the cliffhanger. I'll say I'll say my, I'll say my theory on that for next week. You guys can have to wait till next week. I'll say, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little give a little cliffhanger. She'll find out about that next week. So hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. Everyone on the podcast, you, Matt, all the co-hosts, all the listeners. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you with my uh, little theory next week on the mailbag. Well, Kyle, uh, hope all is well with you. Don't wake up your family. Uh, and uh, you sounded pretty normal. So if you didn't say anything, I probably wouldn't have known. But, um, yeah, I don't think many people want to see Bobby Babyface right now. We'll see what that looks like, though. If it's even a thing, maybe they're just teasing it and nothing will happen. Um, and uh, Kevin Owens in a tag team with Seth. I've talked about this a lot over the last couple hours. we got to remember that if this is going to happen, you may be sacrificing the the trade-off maybe I should say is that Big E remains champion because if they're in a true tag team and they're going to go after the tag team titles you don't want them in dual title programs most most of the time that's not the case so you could be sacrificing that where Big E remains champion because they feel that KO and Seth in a tag team is more important than taking the belt off of Big E right now so that if that's the trade-off you're willing to make it's not mine let me go and I understand the, the chemistry they do have good chemistry no question I could see them as tag team champions they'd be excellent opponents for RK bro absolutely and they could be the ones to eventually be the catalyst to break up RK bro as I mentioned but I think that you're gonna if you're willing to make that trade-off for Big E remaining champion I'm not that's how badly I want Big E gone as champion but so we'll have to see but I, I'm more and more convinced over the last couple hours that this is going to be a Big E retention at day one but um thank you for the cliffhanger uh, i have i have my predictions coming next week as well big week next week with the day one pay-per-view uh next sunday night unbelievably it's only uh what a week and a half away now it seemed like it was forever and now it's a week and a half <laughs> and we're into 2022 and also a wwe pay-per-view that night on saturday night which is kind of cool so uh thank you to you kyle thank you to casual mr and mrs casual wrestling fan in advance uh, everybody, DJ, uh, you know Memphis Mark, everybody that contributes on a weekly basis, uh, Brad, everybody, thank you so much. And uh, don't forget to go ad-free. If you don't want to hear those ads that are throughout the show, you can get rid of them by going to Apple Podcasts and subscribing for $0.99 cents for the month or $9.99 for the entire year. This sale is not going to last forever. As well as, or, or, or you can do both, going to Patreon. And you get a dollar. It's the same price. A dollar a month gets you access to all of our shows ad free, as well as a shout out and a discord server access and other great features as you go up in tier. So 
Everybody, thank you so much. This has been an ex- extraordinarily long mailbag. I appreciate if you've stuck this long, that you've listened this long. Um, it's much appreciated. Hopefully your work day, if you're listening to this, is going well. And enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your Christmas. Or if you're not celebrating Christmas, just enjoy your week. And uh, I will be back Sunday night. I think Sunday night. The holidays screw me up. Sunday night will still be my week in review. So the way Christmas falls, I'll still be good. So everybody, thank you so much as always. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a show or head to WWE And for all of these shows ad free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.